Everything you've heard about the KISS years and the KISS stage shows and the spectacle is true. It's not a legend. We're going to show every new band how the big boys do it. Everything. We want to give them everything we got. It's really about a lifestyle and an attitude towards winning. But you're kind of like a spaceman, huh? No, actually, I'm a plumber. <laughs> <laughs> to myself, look, Eric, you're going to do the best you can. You know you're good, you know the songs, and that's all you can do. Sort of just like a great opportunity that, that just suddenly landed in my lap. This one's going to be exceptional. Now I'm in the best band. I was in some good bands, but now I'm in the best band. Welcome to Right Between the Eyes, a KISS podcast celebrating three generations of KISS fans telling you why we love it loud. I'm one of your hosts, Rob Myers, and welcome to episode two. You can get a hold of us a few different ways. You can find us on Twitter at RBTE Podcast. We are on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Right Between the Eyes Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram. You can send an email to the show. We'll start reading some emails here. I believe we have any currently the moment since we're batching some of these, but uh, give us something to read at Right Between the Eyes podcast at gmail.com and if you uh, follow us on itunes you can uh, do so and we will uh, read your review and uh, star review on the show so that'd be pretty cool so like i said i'm one of your hosts rob and with me tonight as always are the caruso boys uh, nick and nico how are you guys doing tonight i'm doing great because i'm celebrating an anniversary so Oh, I, um, I am too i'm celebrating an anniversary you are too my friend what what what, what yeah. year anniversary are you celebrating I'm celebrating my 25th anniversary. <laughs> so of, I'm uh, celebrating my 25th too, anniversary. Huh? Isn't that an amazing? That is amazing. From, from a rock and roll odyssey that I had that just changed my life. It just added on to what I already thought it would be, but I'm not celebrating no, an anniversary. Not. <laughs> did, did you not get the memo? Um, I'm, I, yeah, one year old me didn't get the memo no, back I in 96, but. I'm the one who I planned the anniversary party. You did for you guys. You did. Uh, that, that's and, nice. And I helped, you know, give you guys the chance to uh, celebrate it. You did. You uh, did. With yeah, all the party did. favors and the uh, right. soft drinks and sure. Uh, cake, uh, cake was a little stale. I'm not gonna lie. Cake was a little stale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I did my best. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into our feature topic. So two of the newest stories that are out currently is the Tribeca Film Festival was just last Friday, and that was the premiere for the A&E biography. So if you were lucky enough to get an invite, if you were in the press or somebody special, you got to see the first screening of the A&E biography, which will drop on A&E June 27th and 28th, which holds another special day in history, but more on that later. Paul also on stage at the five song set that the do he officially announced that they're heading back on the road in August days later, tickets went back up on sale for dates that already existed or had to get shifted because of COVID. I think my original date in September, I can't remember now. I think it was September 8th 
I'd have to look at the ticket. And now like a year later, that date is now September 1st. But what they also did is added new dates in there, about 25 other dates to make it seem like this is just the world tour starting kind of all over again. Mm -hmm. So this guy today of this recording bought his second show for this, which the second show I'm actually seeing first will be on August 25th in Toledo, Ohio. So I can't wait for that one. And then September 1st to roll around. So I want to ask you guys just about Kiss finally retaking the stage again for the first time, playing kind of post COVID and the tour officially starting up again. They've made announcements. Tickets are out there. Guys, what, what are your thoughts on it's real? It actually is really happening. It's unbelievable because to go from where we were to like full throttle, it's just, it's amazing, Rob. I got to right. be honest with you, man. I, we were talking like a month ago, like me and Nick were like, are we, you think we're going to see him in September? What's going to happen? So for us, it's great. I love it. Yeah. A couple things. Our, our date is still the original date in, in Tinley Park. Okay. It's Chicago, but technically it's the su Southwest suburbs of Chicago. We are also going to go to the following night to Milwaukee mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. see them. And you can, you can say what the surprise is. Wow. The surprise is, is that on September 1st, we're joining Mr. Rob Myers for a show. So the cast <laughs> of this show is going to get together and have some fun. That'll be awesome. Kiss concert together in the flesh. Also, our first time actually meeting Rob in person. I'm right, right. You. Yeah. We're going to hug. We're going to jump oh, yeah. up and down. Oh, yeah. There'll be some we're bro hugs. Quiet, my wife absolutely. my wife will roll her absolutely. eyes and be like, oh, God. <laughs> and she'll be taking some pictures. Of, uh, oh, yeah. A, a small photo shoot, maybe. I told uh, her. I said, you know what your job is tonight. She goes, watch Gene. <laughs> I said, okay. And take a lot of pictures. <laughs> watch Gene and take her photos. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but, Rob, not only that, because that was sort of the climax of all this, that we're going to for sure go, we're going to come out there and see you. I'm coming out there to see you. One, two, three, four. Yeah. You know, um, is that, man, I thought Christmas was in December, but it came out now. It's It just feels good to yeah. know when COVID, so the last time we saw them, we saw them twice, you know, on the end of the road back in 2019. Again, we did the Chicago, Milwaukee. We got lucky, but they were back-to-back -back nights again. Mm. And uh, we, you know, thought they didn't announce that second leg yet. You know, we, we thought that was it. It was emotional. And they announced the second leg, COVID happens. And that's before we started doing this show. That's even before right. our, our wheels got turned, Rob, with you. I'm not even sure if we knew you yet when, when it got canceled. So it was like, oh, yeah. are they going to reschedule these? Maybe they'll just do a couple like the MSG one and call mm. it, right? But that's what we, I was thinking. We, yeah. exactly. I was nervous. And then when they said a couple times throughout the year that they're planning on coming back, because I, I know Paul didn't want to go out this way. No. We start doing the show with you. We form this great relationship, this brotherhood around the band, doing the podcast, we're talking about all these topics. And then to make it even better, literally during the inception of this whole thing, yeah, the tour's back on. Not only is the tour back on, we're coming to see you and see a Kiss show with you. So, I mean, it, it could not be any cooler. Yeah. Like, it, I it don't, really couldn't work out. It's, it's like storybook. Yeah. Like, it is. Let's let's just hope nothing crazy like a variant happens. And yeah. Cancel again. Come knock on, on wood. I, um, I will drive to Chicago and slap yeah. you if that happens. Yeah, right. <laughs> please. But, with no, a mask please. on and a hazmat suit and yeah. from six feet away. From six feet away, like. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and what's cool too is it's going to be a lot of kiss at once. You, you're seeing them on August 25th. 
right. or coming to see you a week later on the first and then three days later on the fourth and fifth, you know, we're seeing them twice more. So it's going to be like literally two weeks of kiss of nonstop kiss. And we're doing shows between, and we're going to give you guys content. Like it's going to be it, yeah, it, yeah. It's crazy. How cool is it? I mean, what, what a good launching board for us getting this show off the ground, yeah. you know, becoming brothers through this whole thing. Mm-hmm. we're starting something as kiss is in the midst of getting ready to end yep. mm-hmm. something. And, you know, there'll be a time, which I probably not choked up yet, but there'll be a time oh, where yeah. everything we're going to be talking about will always be in the past. Yeah, you know? exactly. And it's, and yes. what's, what's cool and bittersweet about it too, but more so cool is uh, we said this a little bit before we started recording today, but I was talking to my dad about it and it was, this show and this brotherhood with you has been such a blessing because like we didn't have friends who who are kiss fans like we we're not really in a kiss community no and we're huge fans we're in the kiss army etc but we've never really interacted so the fact that we found you at this point means we thought after we saw that last show kiss would just live on with us talking about it listening to the releases they come out going that amazing back, going yeah, back it to is, kissology man. and now kiss is going to end but this thing is going to keep going and it's like a second yeah, it's it, cool. it truly it's is awesome, like yeah. a second career and we're going to get to see you know uh, people are going to see and friends of ours are going to see how strong this band is to us that we're gonna like you just said we sort of got the wheels turning as they're getting ready to hang it up yeah and we're not we're, we're just getting started we're not going home we're no. not stopping no as no Paul says we're not going anywhere so it, it's just a cool a cool thing you know, it's, it's just, somebody's uh, got to keep the candle burning, you know, right. And they're going to, I'm sure they're going to do a good job, of course, with their, sure. with their future plans or what it, I think it's important for guys like us and all the other great shout it out loud podcasts and all the other guys out mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's important for us to continue to talk about kiss and keep them, mm-hmm. you know, relevant. I see them as a band that even when they're gone, they will live on. And I'm sure we'll do legacy shows and all that stuff down right. there. So that was a great segue to get into our first topic this evening as we're recording a couple of shows here. Surprise. If you don't know Kiss fans, and you should, it sounds weird to say 25 years ago. So at the time we're recording this, a peek behind the curtains, it is currently June 6th, 17th. Yeah, I can't talk. June 17th, 2021. In just a few weeks, June 28th would be the 25th anniversary, basically, of the Worldwide Alive Tour, or as a lot of people refer to it as, the Reunion Tour, the Detroit Tiger Stadium show. There was a show previously before that as a warm-up show, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But the Reunion Tour that Gene and Paul had said for years was never, never going to happen. That this is the band of Kiss, be it Bruce Kulick, Eric Singer, or Bruce Kulick, Eric Carr, that that was going to be the version of Kiss. So the only way there was a member change is when, you know, Vinny left and then Mark left and Eric sadly passed away. So I was thinking, wow, this is going to be how Kiss is. I remember watching MTV Unplugged on Halloween night, 1995, and was just blown away, which we'll talk about Unplugged on another episode. Mm -hmm. But something that happened that night was for the first time in, I believe, if I got my math right, 15 years Mm -hmm. that Ace and Peter joined Paul and Gene on stage. So being a Kiss fan going, holy crap, here are Ace and Peter on stage. They did Beth. They did 
2000 man. Then Bruce and Eric came back out. They did nothing to lose and rock and roll all night. I remember sitting there on my couch with my buddy and I looked at him and said, I think my band just ended my kiss. Your kiss just came to a screeching halt. He's like, you really think they're going to go on tour with Ace and Peter? I'm like, were you not watching the show? That crowd went ballistic. So Nick, since you and I are the ones that were kind of in the kiss world at this particular time, did you think something like this was ever going to happen in your, in your wildest dreams? Because yeah. if I remember chronologically, didn't the Eagles come out with Hell Freezes Over yes, first? Or that was first, okay. right? Um, I I didn't know that it was going to happen when I watched MTV Unplugged, but God, I I never got to see them. I was too young on the first go around, mm-hmm. and I was like, and you know, those were weird days because really, where did you get your news? You know, you had Entertainment Tonight, and you had some some magazines and things you could read. I don't remember. I don't remember even where I was when they announced that they were truly coming back, because it was at, it was at the MTV Music, uh, Music Awards, right? Yeah, that they, they came out with Tupac. <laughs> okay, right. What's up? What's up? California love. How y'all like this uh, Versace hookup? The swap meet was closed, so you know I go all out for the Grammys. <laughs> y'all down with this? We gonna try to liven it up. You know how the Grammys used to be all straight-looking folks with suits, everybody looking tired, no surprises. We tired of that. We need something different, something new. We need to shock the people. So let's shock the people. (laughs) Now... (laughs) These my homeboys, <laughs> and I see just about everything now. <laughs> All right, Los Angeles, great to be here. We're real happy to be here to present the next award. <laughs> the nomination for best pop performance by a duo or a group with a vocal are. And I think I had somewhere I had read or somebody somewhere i knew that that was going to happen and i knew that this thing was going to happen and this was like i was going to do everything in my power to make sure that i got everything possible out of this second chance to see the band that i loved and i never did and as we'll talk about i did about as good a job as you could do yeah i wish i would have did more looking back at it but it, (laughs) it, it was it was satisfactory to me yeah so I think what I want to do here before we get uh, some comments from Nico, we're actually going to go to an aircraft carrier, folks. Yeah. We're going to listen to Conan O'Brien introduce what shocked the world about an eight minute clip you're going to hear from the intrepid. And when we come back, we'll talk about what happens after that, like getting to see them and make up and hearing them take the stage. So we'll be right back in just a minute. Don't go anywhere. Members of the international press and members of the KISS Army. Ladies and gentlemen, now last week when they asked me to introduce KISS, I had just two questions. Two questions. What time and what aircraft carrier? 
Really excited to have him here. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have a quick announcement to make before we get started. This is a huge occasion, as you know. The four original members of KISS are back in full makeup for a worldwide tour. Everyone's very excited about it. There's a fact here. The opening date will be very exciting. The Stone Temple Pilots are going to open for them. That concert will be on June 28th at Detroit's Tiger Stadium. It's going to be a fun show, mainly because the uh, Detroit Tigers will also be playing simultaneously there in full makeup. What era of music are you guys going to pull for this tour? Are you guys going to stick to the stuff that was only for the original four? The, the classic kiss. The great, the classic the great kiss? stuff. Yeah. Are, you, <laughs> are you going to do anything after the solo records? Probably. Any, any yeah. unmasked stuff? We're, we're open to all kinds of things. This tour and the whole event really is a culmination of more than a decade of fans being on top of our asses saying that we have to do it. So. We're going to give... Not literally. <laughs> not literally. Nobody... No. So we're going to give the fans exactly what they want. They want to hear rock and roll all night, that's what we'll do. If they want to hear songs from a certain period, we will do that. We're here for the fans. You'll hear it. I mean, Absolutely. Well, welcome back. Thank you. Given how prolific the band has been over the years, can you give us any uh, details on this upcoming project that you guys have to coincide with the reunion and world tour well the first thing that's happening is we're digging into the vaults and putting together an album that pretty much celebrates you know this occasion which for us i mean we're as big a fans of the band as anybody could be so we're putting together an album that contains all kinds of rarities live stuff from the era of the first two live albums and mixing it together and digitally remastering to do a best of, like a commemorative of a live one and a live two together with never before heard live tracks from that period. All stuff that comes out of the vaults. A world tour. We're gonna visit, we're gonna visit every country that's formed or is about to be formed. We're here this, for that. This well, tour, we'll form our own. <laughs> we're not gonna finish until we've hit every city, every country. We're, we're committed to this for a year, two years, whatever it takes, and that'll be the first tour. You know, we had a great time doing Unplugged, and that really was the seed that got this whole thing going. And, and I mean, we're so gassed to be here. I mean, this yes. means so much to us. You know, it's funny, because after 17 years of not being together, you kind of forget why you, you stopped being together anyway. So give us another 17 years, and we'll be able to figure out. <laughs> We're also, um, tonight, today's press conference is being broadcast or netcast around the world on the internet, and we've been taking uh, questions from KISS fans. The first one we're going to run by comes from Derek in New Zealand, and the question is, the landscape of music has changed quite a bit since KISS last wore makeup. Does the band see any similarities between the lack of stage presence in today's music and the early 70s? That's Derek in New Zealand. 
We will not be wearing flannel shirts or shorts on stage. You know, everything, everything is unto itself. You know, we're not here to figure out what's right for any other band except, Ki except KISS. We know who we are, what we are, and what we should be. Every other band has got to figure it out for themselves. But we've always taken great pride in taking the best of the best as our opening acts. All the way from giving the brand new bands their first tours. From ACDC Rush to uh, Motley, Motley Crue, to Anthrax. John, John Mellencamp, Bob Seger, Bob Seger Tom everybody. Petty. You know, we, we've, always, we've always been big fans of bands, and uh, we've, this time having Stone Temple Pilots is a gas for us because they're one of the bands that we really think a lot of. Yeah. You know, we stopped a long time ago thinking about what was cool and what we should do or shouldn't do. We were crazy in the first place to get dressed up in makeup, and this morning some other people were saying we were crazy to put it yeah. back on. We just, you know, we do what we want, and uh, that's really why we're here. We're going to make sure that people, everything you've heard about the KISS years and the KISS stage shows and the spectacle is true. It's not a legend. We're going to show every new band how the big boys do it. We're going to get up there. Ace and Peter, last year when you did your club tour together, did you guys know that this was a possibility? Was that kind of like a warm-up for this? No, it wasn't a warm-up. We, we were out touring. We were having a great time. And we talked to each other on the phone, but we didn't make plans for this. This is magic. I, I always had a feeling this was going to happen uh, at one point in time, and uh, I've always wanted to time travel, you know, and it f feels like I've gone back 15 years in time, and here I am again, and it's a fantastic feeling, and I really appreciate everybody being here. Gene, this is for you and Paul. The two of you have been saying for years that you wouldn't think about a reunion until the time was just right. What makes this time just right? I think it's like uh, anything in life, you take, you take it a day at a time and uh, you can only hold yourself and what you say to what you say at, at that particular time. I mean, the truth is, like all family members, we've quarreled and we don't always agree on everything. We, we don't want to push the fantasy much more than what it is on stage. The truth is, we're four individuals who love what we do and are thrilled to be doing this together again. But the truth is, in the past, we've had our differences, so fucking what? The magic is back. This is great. I mean, what could be better than this? You know, it's so cool because, you know, even though people wanted us to do this for a long time, we couldn't cheat the people and do it until it felt great for us, and we're having a great time, and that's why we can go out and kick major ass this time. It's going to be very, very cool. There's going to be a, a CD that's going to commemorate the start of the tour that comes directly from our vaults. It's going to be some classic tracks from Alive 1, Alive 2, and some tracks from our vaults, live, show, live songs from the 70s nobody's ever heard of before or have ever heard before recorded and that's going to be coming out at the end of june just to commemorate the start of the tour and the future is the future when when you've gone through as much as we've gone through together it's weird because you get back together and it feels like it was yesterday which is so cool because it would be a real drag if we got together and had to like learn what we could do what we can't do what you can say we're the same idiots we were back you know when we first got together so it's very cool yes i really feel like it, i've time traveled 15 years back it's fantastic. New lease on life. And you're good looking too. Yeah. Right now, the only thing we're concerned about is the big, massive spectacle. We're going to bring this back to the world. It needs it. We need it. We're sick and tired of bands getting up there and tying their shoelaces and thinking that's a show. We want to bring spectacle back to rock and roll. That's our mission in life. The fans have given us the power. We will deliver. Vote for us.
<laughs> I mean, we've always taken pride. I mean, way back when we started, no matter what it took, we did it. You know, we, we just always took so much pride for the fans. So, uh, for the fans, it's, it's important to us to, to give you all nothing. Anyone Paul who, is right. Anyone who never saw Kiss years ago will finally get a chance to see Kiss live now. Ones who missed the first time around and... You won't be disappointed. Absolutely. You wanted the best? One of the best. You wanted the best, you, you got, got the best. The hottest best band, band in the, the world. world. So we just heard the announcement, and the ball is rolling. The Kiss Alive Worldwide Tour, also known as the Reunion Tour, was from 1996 to 1997. The tour grossed $143.7 million dollars the average attendance was fourteen thousand. there's some other notes i'll i'll have here but mm-hmm. those numbers are staggering we'll talk about a little bit detroit sold out in 47 minutes and this is before the day and age of hopping online you had to go to Ticketmaster or find wherever you were getting your tickets from and go and drive so what did you think about hearing that they're going to go on tour and they're going to play songs if you want to hear songs from a certain period they're going to do this for a full a full year and travel the entire world like how where, where was your mind at my mind was was like i was so elated and it was like and unfortunately I didn't have a lot of people to share the elation with, but I had a good friend, my, my very best friend, Ray. He was in it with me, at least initially in the beginning. And I was very fortunate because at that time, I was helped managing and run a successful nightclub in the city of Chicago. And several ticket guys were customers of ours. So I scooped up and, and it was good. I got everything at face value and I got my nice. Rosemont Horizon July 14th, July 16th shows. I got an Indianapolis show that we'll talk about that we were at together and we didn't even know. <laughs> right. That's crazy. Unbelievably that's crazy. Um, and then I got the Bradley Center show in Milwaukee. And then, of course, the third show at the, at the uh, Horizon. So I made sure that I was going to do what I could to make sure that I saw as many shows as I could on this. Now, I just got the tickets. I didn't know who I was going to go with. I didn't really have four people. I had four tickets for every show. Mm. I'll fill that wow. in later, how that, how that kind of progressed and people went and I found different people to even kind of travel with around the Midwest. But all I'm telling you is that I've never been so excited for anybody coming in concert. And I got to see the stones. I did a little journey with them with the voodoo lounge and um, for just the Babylon, that stuff. But, this was something that I've never, it was a once in a lifetime thing for me. Yeah. The, like I said, in a previous show, my first show was revenge tour in Toledo 92. So this reunion tour was my second show. And those, those tickets went so incredibly fast. Like the time that it took me to get to the nearest ticket master, they were already sold out. I remember being on the drive there and, knowing hearing on the radio that the show is sold out and i remember my buddy's like let's just turn around i'm like no i at least want to go and say that i tried to get tickets i'm like maybe one didn't print maybe they got the numbers wrong or maybe somebody bought them and regretted and turned them back you know i don't know of course you know no nobody did got there of course they were sold out like there was a sign right in front of the ticket master says kiss sold out so we sat there I think it was a week or two later because the tickets went 
in advance a little bit early for the show. I thought, well, that's it. Well, the local radio stations were starting to have contests. If you can name the first caller or the ninth caller didn't guess this kiss song and they would play like a five second clip of the song and you'd have to guess it. My buddy was at work. Ben heard it, got the song, got the song right, called me at work and said, dude, we're going to tiger stadium. And I was like, are you kidding me? And it was a contest for uh, 106.7. I'll never forget it. And, uh, we had like the party bus for the radio station. The Bikahuna was the DJ. And uh, there was, I think, 45 of us that the radio station had got a batch of tickets and was just giving them away. And here we are. I think I said it in the, our first episode that we're in Tiger Stadium about a section back from where my dad's season tickets were. So mm-hmm. we were just in Tiger Stadium a few weeks prior to this and saw a game. And then with my best friend, and he's like, dude, just a couple weeks ago, we were sitting in one section down at a Tigers-Red Sox game. And now here we are seeing Kiss in the very same ballpark. I, 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 could, I still couldn't, can't wrap my head around that moment. So, Nico, now that we've said all that and you've been the silent member of the band for a little bit, like what? what? <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy because my dad was such a big kiss or he, I mean, he is yeah. <laughs> such a big kiss fan that when, you know, I started getting into the band and I was old enough, like I, I never processed that. This was the first time he saw them was this tour. So this was like his kiss awakening from a live concert standpoint, which kind of blew my mind that he waited so long. But then I heard his stories of how many shows he went to, which was awesome. And like, I got jealous. Like I want to do that. It's kind of what we're trying to do with uh, mm-hmm. end of the road that if, yeah, we allude to on a different episode what's cool is i kind of want to take on a role here and just like for someone who wasn't there don't know what it feels like unfortunately having not seen the original four and yet you two have cool different perspectives and how you got into kiss we've talked dad but i want the people to hear it just give me a couple sentences what, what you saw them for the first time on this tour so what was that like man? It, you know it was so Again, the anticipation for, and I I can't even speak to Rob seeing him opening night at at Tiger Stadium. So my show was July 14th. I'm not sure what it was, Rob. Maybe it was like about eight or nine shows in, something like that. And for that opening night show, I had eight tickets. I really went overboard. So I had my friend. I took a couple other friends who I was trying to convert into the band. I took a few people that I worked with. We rented a limo. We went like first class, you know, I mean, it wasn't that first class, but we went, we went as pretty good as we could, you know, and uh, we had really good seats. They were, they were the seats that my son knows we always get like the 100 level Mm. kind of on Gene's side. The thing too was, it was pretty cool too, because Kiss was like, we talk about our comic book things sometimes where how these movies make it cool now to be a, a nerd, a comic book fan. Yeah, this was kind of a renaissance with Kiss too. Where like it was kind of cool if you were a Kiss fan. Yeah, it was almost like the whole world, not just the country, was coming together to embrace them. I'll say this: I've seen so many shows. Everybody, you name them, when the lights went down and that noise played, and the announcer said. Yeah. 
and that curtain drop. It was my heart. And then the bass, it was so loud. I'll never forget. It was just pounding through my chest. And I don't know if the other, I don't think the other six people, I know my friend felt the same way. I don't think the other, I know they had a good time, but for me, I was just transfixed and it's everything we talked about. It was the, it was the, the silver, the black, the smoke, a sensory overload. They opened to deuce Rob. We'll get into it because I think on those reunion shows, the first four or five songs were the same almost every night, no matter where they played. And it just flowed so great and they looked so great. And I was truly overwhelmed at the experience so much. So it wasn't even about what they were playing. You know, those, those conversations weren't even important to me, even though I look back now and I say, damn, those were good set lists, but it was more about being there and being in the moment. And so for me, July 14th, it was a, we talk about the first kiss, like when I saw him on the midnight special, this was probably, you know, almost as important because it started this, it, it was the next 25 years. And here we are tonight talking about it. And I've seen them at least 25 times since then and spent a whole lot of money on their merchandise on everything they put out. So it just solidified to me that they are the greatest band in the land. And your show had a capacity of 29,887. Yep. It was sold out. Yep. Rob. So the question I want to throw to you too, is uh, maybe people are just listening to the show for the first time with this episode, right? So you found Kiss. You became a Kiss fan when they were in the non-makeup. Non-makeup. Non, non-original four members. So right. you share that awesome story about how you got the tickets and what it was like to just be there. What was it like? Because you alluded to and unplugged, you know, with your friend, your version of Kiss kind of was ending. Was that a hard thing? Or was it like the minute you saw them in makeup, with the effects in Tiger Stadium, you saw the crowd, you saw the four guys. Were you, were you like, oh, okay, this is Kiss, or were you, or were you like, this is just a different version? Does That's Rob, really Rob want to get booed on this show? <laughs> you got to be real, man. So, my, real, I was a little disappointed. I was, hmm. my gut reaction was, my first reaction was like, F those two guys, you left. You put your middle finger up. You wanted to go do your own thing and you left and Paul and Gene and Eric and Vinny and, you know, everybody kept this thing going. And I had, you know, dreams of like, oh, can you, and we said it in Tiger Stadium, like, can you imagine what it would be like in, in the revenge tour? I mean, going, can you imagine if they were in makeup, what that would have been like? Like we missed, we missed a glory day of the band and we were always like, we were talking about the show, like, living in the past, like seeing all the footage and everything like that. Never thought they would ever be in makeup. Cause I always took it at face value from Gene and Paul, like Ace and Peter are never coming back. Mm-hmm. They're never going to do. There was a, when they released a live three, Ricky Rackman on MTV headbangers ball was saying, I got to ask you this. Okay. Is it possible? This is my personal opinion. Picture like four stadium dates. Okay, only for the old show. I, I can see where you're going. Ever going to happen? Battery club goes on and does oh, the stadiums. And- I was about to say that, but I'm serious. I mean, I know you've probably been asked this question so many times, and you probably hate getting asked, but, I mean, this would be, like, if I, I live in L.A., and if this show was in 
Arizona or anywhere within a thousand miles, I would go to that show as I'm sure millions of people would. We see would you ever think about doing four stadium dates no. maybe? No, not really. Ever? No. Um, despite what some people who would like to see a reunion, despite former members, we really have no desire to do that at this point. We're really happy with things the way they are now. We've always tried to maintain the attitude that the door swings one way. When you walk out, if you uh, are doing this to your fans and not living up to your end of the bargain, that's something that we don't forget. And, and we wish you the best, but there really aren't any plans for us to, to you know, get together with the original members. However, there may be a tour, a reunion. It could be Mark St. John, Vinnie Vincent, Peter, and Ace. And uh, maybe they could go out. But you know, it's, I don't blame anybody for having this point. Ah, come on, get together, having that point of view. I didn't even necessarily mean original members. I mean, you guys could maybe just do an old-style show. With even with a, with a but that's too lineup. easy because uh, then what's and the what difference makeup? between? And then what's the difference between us and a Vegas show? Right. But I mean, just to talk about this for a second about uh, former members, because you know the guys that were there at the beginning say, you know, get back together, get that old thing back. They need a job. Uh, well, we didn't say that, but and that's unkind. We wouldn't say the stuff like that. But the main point really is that we all started something a long time ago that we all believed in. And Paul really has got the right point of view on it, except people out there may not know about it, that some members in the beginning all felt the same thing we did. And, that, and then as soon as success and, you know, mega popularity happened, some members decided that their individual agenda was much more important than the bands. In other words, booze and whatever else became the criteria and then everything else had to fall in line and that's not the way it works and the reason we're happy today and have been for the last 10 years or so is because you have people in the band who all care equally about this thing called KISS and we intend to take this where no band has gone before. There's I mean, never been anybody who cared more about this band than Eric Carr. Mm -hmm. You know, so to talk about another drummer, why don't you, you know, what about Peter or something, let me tell you, I mean, to the day Eric was, you know, till the day he passed away. That's somebody who lived and breathed to be the best he could and deliver everything to the fans. That's what we want this band to be about, and that's really what it's about today. Yeah. And that's what Eric Singer and Bruce and us. I want to come back and ask a couple questions about uh, both Eric's when the Headbangers Ball continues. But right now, want to go into this video for us? This is the first one where people went. So that's what they look like. Put it back on. <laughs> Here's Kiss. Look it up funny fast forwarding you know, 20 25 years or whatever but and then for it to happen i was like curiosity had me like i want to go see what this is and driving up to the stadium in the bus and there's just people like you would have thought this is a world series game yeah. at, at tiger stadium like this is game seven you know against the, the cincinnati reds or something you know something totally crazy and like walking into the stadium and seeing people in face paint, which, you know, you didn't kind of see that in the eighties and nineties, you may see, you know, Oh, there, there's that one guy that's got Peter's makeup on, or, you know, yeah. there's that, there's that big guy over there. that looks like Gene, like everywhere you look, there's people with half makeup, full makeup, full costumes. And I remember getting to the stadium going, this is getting real. So sitting there watching sponge,
Dan, which I was blown away by Sponge. I thought Allison Chains did really good. And then, like you said, Nick, I'm staring at that black curtain going, I I don't think I'm ready for what's mm. about to happen. So I was looking through the tour book, and of course, I'd seen the pictures of them. And I was still kind of like, man, I wish it was Eric and Bruce. I wish mm-hmm. this could be Eric and Bruce. That curtain hit, and Deuce started. All right, I looked at my buddy Ben and I was like, I am wrong. Like Mm. I love those two other guys to death, but seeing ACE next to Paul spaceman star child just blew me, blew me away. So I went to kiss church that night and I got converted to, to ACE and Peter was just like, I, I, I get it now seeing it on video. Just didn't, didn't click seeing it live. Just, brought all the synapses together and i was i was i was hooked another fun question for you guys i'm gonna go to yeah. you both because i'm loving how i'm just like interviewing both about sure this. also <laughs> very jealous and getting more depressed yeah. as my questions <laughs> go on because i wasn't there and i will never see this but so there might have been some things like i was one i don't really know or care to reflect on what technology was at the time there was no you know setlist.com mm, no so like dad you first like what 
you obviously had to know you were going to see some songs, but you've never seen them before. So like, what did yeah. you go into the night? Like, man, I wonder, because pretty much mm. when you saw, I mean, now sure people going blind the shows, but we all like, we look up the set list as like diehard fans of all these bands. Right. So we kind of know what we might get a majority going into the show. You had no clue what you were going to get. So what, what is it you really wanted to get? What was a surprise? What was a, what was a, Sure. I, I doubt there was a letdown. Was no, there was show. there was no letdown. It wasn't even about the set list for me because if I just go back, my first concert was 1981. I saw Sticks through the Paradise Theater. Mm. I saw everybody in the 80s, mm-hmm. and I never thought about set lists at all. We, it just really? wasn't a thing, you know. I from Journey to Van Halen to the Police like, to YouTube. Oh, I hope I hear this song. With you like know, Ray, you know, really? yeah, I mean, here and there, but it, it was, it wasn't the obsession that we have now. Okay. Okay. Right. And I, I think that's that. all social media, um, technology, internet driven. So right. all I'm going to tell you is that when they did Deuce, which to me was the song cool. that they should open to. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then when Ace goes in front of the speakers and Wales King of the nighttime world, I mean, I was like, just besides myself, because that's always been one of my top five favorite Kiss songs. Now we talked about a formula, Rob. Do You Love Me was always third. Now I always liked Do You Love Me Mm -hmm. from obviously from Destroyer. Do You Love Me was never live. They did it a lot live, but it never made any of the live albums. It didn't cut off a live too. So me, I didn't know what what Kiss did in 77. There were no references that I could go look up set lists or anything. Right. I saw the TV specials and whatever I could research on them, but I had no idea even of what a Kiss 77, 76 set list was. So I thought that was unusual that they did that third because I didn't think it was a hit, mm-hmm. but it played well into the show because it was a little bit of a behind them. They had the retrospective video right? and Paul and, and, and Peter on the drums. It was good. And then, you know, from there, it was always, I think, Dr. Love. Yep. And then cold gin and then, you know, it progressed. So initially those first two shows I saw, they were identical set list, but dude, I mean, I got, I stole your love. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, shout it out loud, watching you firehouse. I mean, it was vintage kiss. It was everything that I could have wanted. I mean, so Rob, maybe you were different (laughs) than my pops because you were kind of well, you had, you know, you're the music guy. Were same question. Were were there songs you were looking for? Were there ones that happened and you're like, no way? And were there any where you're like, why are they doing this thing? My buddy Ben and I were going back and forth. Do you think Ace and Peter will play "Lick It Up," "I Love It Loud," oh, "Creatures yeah. of the Night"? Yeah, it's cool. because on the video, the audio that you just heard with Gene from the Intrepid says, if you want to hear songs from a particular era of the band, we'll do that. So he said that at the press conference thinking, Holy crap. Are we going to hear Peter Chris play creatures of the night? And then we were, we kind of laughed going, can he play creatures yeah, of the night? Like, yeah, he does he know how to double bass? You know, we were kind of joking. I remember the guy behind me that it's like, Peter Chris could do anything, you know? And I was like, I don't think he's ever done double bass, you know? But so I was, we were kind of going, they might do lick it up. That's, that's an easy enough song. A song that we thought they might do was like, they could do hide your heart because Ace recorded a version of it. 
it's not that far back, but we were like, all right, we were trying to think of like MTV unplugged. We we're like, all right, they'll probably do. Do you love me? They'll probably do. We were thinking maybe plaster caster. We, we actually thought they were going to do coming home. Mm. Thought they're, they're in Detroit. They're all together. That would just be a real symbolic thing. So those were kind of our thinkings of it. But like you said, when they opened up with deuce, I, I lost my mind at King of the nighttime world. I was like, I couldn't believe I was hearing Ace do that. You know, you know this one. always wanted to hear that song live i never got to i saw you know bootleg footage of bruce and eric doing it but getting to see the original four do king of the nighttime world i was like come on are you kidding me and i was the same way with do you love me hearing it on mtv unplugged i was like well that's kind of odd that they chose do you love me but yeah right but right. I, but, but i get it and then when it was there i was like okay if somebody saw mtv unplugged they'll remember that song from that night so i thought that was the the gimme song like all right we're gonna do the song like you guys know that in my mind i want to say i think paul said you know if you saw mtv unplugged of course i just watched the tiger footage he doesn't say it but in my mind if i thought for years he referenced mtv unplugged and, and he never did during the show but yeah songs that i was surprised Getting to hear New York Groove blew me away. I love mm-hmm. that song. Getting to hear Cold Gin with both Gene and Ace at the same time, I thought was great. And the other things like shock me. Hearing some of those songs for the first time, and mm-hmm. we'll get to talking about it, where I almost thought from Paul was almost like, oh, Ace wants to sing another song. I was like, what? Why are you sound like a jerk, you know, yeah. <laughs> to Paul or whatever. But yeah, so those songs and Rock Bottom. were talking about rock bottom on the way home in the bus like that was our favorite song that night oh, dude that's so sick yeah that so left a lasting jealous. impression on me too man rock bottom was was one of those things where once i got over being overwhelmed and thinking about it and talking about my good friend ray those are the things we picked out too rob we were like they did watching you I stole mm-hmm. your love. They did rock bottom. And that's probably the only um, time you, you both saw rock bottom. That's the only time I saw yeah. it. They yeah. only played it, I think, at 34 yeah, shows. Yeah, like 34 shows. So times. I think by the, the time they got to that second leg, they had already dropped rock bottom. Yeah. And brought in some other stuff. But um, did you both see I Stole Your Love? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he saw it. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> so it's so funny, Rob, because for <laughs> me, so for me like I didn't think, nor did I want them to do any 80s songs, but I never, it never yeah. dawned on me that they would even attempt those just because I didn't see Ace and Peter. Yeah. Songs. It was like, I get it when they eventually did them on the farewell tour and they wanted to cover everything. I still at that point was kind of always geared towards that alive one 
Alive yeah. 2. I didn't even think that they would do anything off Dynasty or Unmasked, which we'll talk All, about that. Yeah. They did that later in the tour. It was a satisfying experience for somebody like me because the set list was really well crafted i think i think so too i think they did a really and and i you know i would assume that's paul that picks that out and i think that they gave ace his two solo songs and he participated in uh in cold gin and then of course peter had beth and black diamond i always wished maybe peter would have had one more kind of surprised um, hooligan never yeah never made it in I, and you know they talked about hard luck woman. I think they rehearsed it a little bit. Yeah, but they never really could play that song. Yeah, I think full band live. I think that's just something they can do acoustically. But it just was something that I would have loved to seen him do that. I think that. Oh been- yeah, yeah. Same here. Same here. Yeah, so I that. think like the the show basically stayed at like a nineteen seventy seven seventy three to to seventy seven. I thought the odd oddball is the wrong word that New York Groove was the biggest yeah. hit from the solo albums. Right. And I can understand Ace going, hey, I got a hit out of this. So them pushing into 78 with New York Groove and then eventually adding 2000 Man yeah. and uh, I Was Made for Loving You. I thought, okay, I can see those. But it stayed right around that Destroyer rock and roll over Dress to Kill spot. For the whole tour, really. Yeah. Ask away, son. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is cool. I'm still more jealous. So my sadness is raising, but my excitement for you both is is there. So the cool thing that I want you both to, to, to talk about is uh, we found this out live recording our, our first conversation, I'm going to say, because it wasn't our first episode. We have an episode on a different podcast over at the let's go podcast www.letsgopodcast.com at let's go podcast on twitter we did a fun sub episode about kiss which led to our idea to make our own show here uh, so crazy we we meet rob myers he's the biggest mm-hmm. kiss fan in the world uh, we become great friends talk about doing a kiss episode and live if you go back and listen to it it's so cool because it's a real moment not stage not overdone you guys were both at a show yeah and did not know it and we're talking 25 years later you guys are we're 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 friends and you guys are recording an episode of podcast about kiss back when podcasts weren't even really a thing back at the time you guys were at the show what one what was it like to find that out and two what was that show like if you remember it And then obviously the news broke about the reunion. And I was like, I couldn't be more ecstatic. I was head over heels. Like to me, I was like, I am going to finally see kiss with the makeup on. I got tickets for all the nights in Chicago. Mm. I went to Milwaukee. I went to Indiana. I went on the lost cities tour, but that first night we were sitting on the side, perfect seats, section 100. And I've never felt anything like that when that curtain went down and I was like, I was just in utter amazement. My buddy next to me felt the same way. I'm not so sure the other people with we were with felt the same way, but it was, it was just incredible because I had felt like, wow, they finally gave it to me. They finally came back. And for my money, we'll talk about this. There was nothing better than the reunion tour for me that I saw, because I felt like, the innocence was still there. They were, they were, they were getting along. They were together. 
the set list for me was amazing because it was all the golden era. It was all the 70s stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just thought they delivered. And, and I thought Peter played well. I thought Ace was playing well. And it just was so magical to me. So that that's like my favorite memories. And I think I was telling my son, I, I think I saw between the Lost Cities and the reunion tour when they came back, I think I saw about eight or nine shows on that tour. And so, again, it was fantastic. So you said you saw an Indiana show, right? Yeah. So were you at the Fort Wayne Memorial Coliseum on April 9th, 1997? Yes, I was. Yes, yes. So was I. That's amazing. That's Isn't that amazing? That's unbelievable. Right. I'm, I'm, I was there. At, I'm looking at my ticket. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you got the tickets. Yeah. yeah See, we should have, we should have, I have all the tickets up there. That's <laughs> awesome. So, so we were there at the same time, dude. <laughs> you know. Buddy mine had said, hey, let's go to Fort Wayne and uh, go, go check out the show. And Fort Wayne's not that far away from us to be able to go go check it out. And this was on the Lost Cities end. So now we're into 1997, checking the show out. Mm-hmm. So getting to see in a completely different state. So it, it wasn't out of the realm to go to like to Detroit or something like that mm-hmm. from, from the family. We stayed like in Ohio and, you know, Michigan to kind of do our concert. But to go to like Indianapolis to go see a Kiss show was a, a little weird being in a different arena that we never had been to before. And we were on Gene's side of the stage, pretty pretty close to the stage, but we were up in the second level of the, uh, of the arena that night. So that was kind of cool to go to that show to say, okay, now they've been doing this about a year. What, what are we going to hear? If it's going to be different, how, how is the show differently going to sound? Are they going to be a little tighter? You know, what's going on? So I remember when they started, I stole your love. I, I lost my crap going i've always wanted to hear this song live so not to rub it into nico's face but that, that was, was rob i bet that was really nice to experience that. it was I nice it was awesome and 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 what's cool is they didn't start doing it and they didn't drop it by the time they got to your show like they did in 2009 no they were like <laughs> hey rob's coming to this show we need to play it one more night i'm telling you there's still time on end of the road <laughs> to do this for me but so that's super sick so that was the first time you saw i stole your love because they didn't do it at uh tiger right no no they didn't do it tiger and they didn't do it in 92 in on the revenge tour if i had got to see the hot in the shade tour i would have seen that there but opening was this the show that you saw take me at uh was take me at the show round? no take me like no not take me was not no was that 98 i saw take me on the third show at the at the Rosemont Horizon, okay, which was ten twenty one. Yeah, that's when Take Me first appeared. So for me, Rob, was that the only time you traveled? Yeah, that was the only time that I that I traveled. Okay, so, so yeah. I never really count the Michigan show because it's almost kind of right across yeah. the border. So going out of state, and even though this was only about almost a two hour drive, so yeah, yeah, I had to convince it. It got rough, you know, because um, at some point, like nobody was looking to travel or go see kiss. So thank God I had my wife (laughs) and my sister and one of her friends. And we made the trip on August 10th to the Bradley center. When I look back at it, it was so cool to go to these few cities that I went, but I will say this. The one regret I have is that I did, I did stay with my inner circle. We would go see the show and then we would go back to the hotel room we didn't really hang around the bars at that point. 
I was kind of looking to to get away from the crowd where I wish I could go back in time. I don't know why I was like that. I, I don't know. Yeah, was, it was like was, lights on, leave the arena. Like yeah, I, I, was I like, never stood and hung around. And I was 31 years old, and I don't, I don't know if it was because I had my wife with me, and then on the subsequent tours, I went with some people from work. I don't know why I didn't take it in a little bit more, like with the crowd and with the Kiss fans. Mm-hmm. That's the one regret I have. But I, the other regret I have is that I, I would have liked to gone to St. Louis. Maybe I would have went to Michigan. Maybe I would have went to Ohio. Because I had a lot of flexibility at that time, but I also did have a one-year-old. Yeah, me. I did have a one-year-old me, son. Me, man. So the wife was kind of like, "Listen, man, you know, you you can see him as many times as you want, but this out-of-town stuff, um, yeah, we got to put a little bit of a limit on it." What I will say in that tour, which struck me, was they really seemed to be firing on all cylinders. Now, I was never quite the music man that you are. Paul was always kind of Paul and just mm-hmm. always a game. I thought Gene was great. Yeah. You could tell certain nights ACE was more on than off. And Peter was Peter. I don't think he varied much, but you know, his drumming was consistent. It wasn't anything that was going to blow you away, but they generally seemed to be getting along and mm-hmm. having some fun together on stage. And I really felt like, it was such a great time to my to explain this to my son. Like you really felt like it was a big family. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, I don't want this ever to end, you know? Right. And then, and then, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that later, but it was short lived obviously, because by the time you got to this, to the next tour and the album and all that, it was already, it was already, coming off the cart. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Things that struck me was, I think, on the Peoria show I saw, which was the Lost Cities tour, right, that you talked about, I got to see Come On and Love Me, and I was made to loving you. Uh, See, Um, I didn't get to see that. Yeah, that was really good. So there's not much on that tour. I'm trying to think, too, because I was in Madison on 423, I think it was, or or 5th. I can't remember. I look in the book. But the set lists were, were... pretty similar rob once in a while they changed the order of songs and they rotated like i said you 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 know i was lucky enough to see take me i stole your love come on and love me i have a little note here that says other songs played were take me i stole your love they played shandy in australia australia correct come on and love me i was made for loving you christine 16 and 2000 man right but christine 16 was only played opening night opening night at tiger stadium you're the only one that saw that yeah. Live in the flesh, you know. Which, so maybe for the better, because this be because the lyrical content of that song does not fit with. Uh, yeah, I mean, we could talk about the Tiger <laughs> Stadium show, but again, like I was really listening with my eyes, as dumb as that sounds, like just seeing everybody in makeup and run around, things blowing up stage, and then years later getting to hear the show that I saw, I was like, "Wow, Christine Sixteen's really awful." It's really all over the place, you know. Well, when you look at it, Rod, they only really, I don't count Shandy because that's only Australia. And that's Paul by himself. Yeah. So they really only performed 26 songs. So it was, you know what I'm saying, son? It wasn't like they were all over the board with the set list. It was kind of your core 18, 17, 16, 17 songs, basically. And then 
has the tour evolved certain nights, you get a couple here, you get a couple there. You were right, Rob. It stayed true to that 73 to, to 78 kind of thing. I remember just, again, it was a feeling of elation because they were on top of the world, right? I mean, they had the highest grossing tour. And uh, there was a lot of these, we talk about this again with the comic book movies, but there was a lot of these mainstream concert goers that now it became the kind of cool thing to see Kiss and you wanted to be a part of it. So, Rob, how did you, like, were you soaking it all in at that time or did you just go see the shows and kind of go away from it? Or what No, was I, I was soaking it all in. Like, okay. 92 wasn't that, not that far removed from 96, so I was just really becoming an avid KISS fan at that time. And I was aware while the reunion tour was going on that my version of KISS had recorded an album. And I was like, what the heck are we going to do with this? carnival of souls thing i keep i keep hearing about was floating around so talking about a show that's coming up about bootlegs that thing was getting bootlegged like crazy so then the band had to go okay talk about a weird dichotomy that we're on the reunion tour and then in 97 we're going to put out an album that was recorded in 1995 with a completely different lineup i do have a few uh things to kind of read here some some notable highlights august 8th in my uh, home state cincinnati ohio where a fan threw his prosthetic leg on the stage and all the members signed his leg and handed his leg back to him Uh, january 22nd in osaka japan if you have the second coming dvd you can see some of this footage gene simmons loses his voice and paul stealing ace freely sang most of the songs live that night in april 5th columbus georgia due to health concerns peter chris was unable to perform and rather than decide to cancel the show at the last minute because the doors were open eddie cannon peter chris's drum tech puts on the cat makeup and plays the show Tonight is a good night to have a rock and roll party. Now I know how long you've been waiting to see us. We've been waiting to see you just as long. I didn't want to see you people disappointed. We didn't want to let you down. Peter Chris is feeling a little sick tonight. He's back at the hotel, but we got Eddie Cannon, his best friend on drums tonight, and we are going to kick your ass tonight. So what do you say we get going with a little bit of rock and roll? Those were a couple bull things. And then the first official show was a June 15th, 1996 at the KRQ Weenie Roast in Irvine, California. This was a practice gig in front of a live audience before the official beginning of the tour to work out kinks with their explosive live show. During the show, multiple things went wrong. For example, Ace's guitar went completely silent during the middle of the set and a small fire broke out in the rafters because of the pyrotechnics. And the show had to be stopped and had to be put out. We got a fire up there. (laughs) 
Something tells me that wasn't supposed to happen. Maybe we'll burn this place down. And you know, that came out on Kissology, right? Volume two. I think Volume it was two. like a bonus disc or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know. The Weenie Rose. Uh, a question I have for you both is uh, something that I've learned about, you know, people who are, I'm not going to use the word older, but uh, <laughs> people you know who <laughs> went to concerts, <laughs> like people who went to concerts, like now with a streaming and these bands, for some of the mainstream, not really being you know as prominent you know that's not an insult it's just how it is and with the way the music's changed for a lot of people i know from music collectors concert goers trying to find the bootlegs of the tour and the shows that you were at was of course huge and is still a thing right and i know mm-hmm. we just talked about off the soundboard etc so i'm gonna start with dad and throw it to rob was was this like were <clears> you <throat> were you trying to find shows then was this something you looked for back like later on you're like oh man like when so like when they did the rock the nation stuff were you like oh i wish was there stuff back and no this this was my baptism into bootlegs because um because like rob said there was you had some of these video tapes they released where they showed some old footage but i didn't know that there were these kiss conventions really and after i had seen the alive worldwide tour in the town next over from us hillside there's a holiday inn and they used to have this annual kiss convention and i i used to see it advertised every now and then and i never really went to it the summer i went in went to it after the alive reunion tour i was like it was like a feast for me because they had these video of the shows i was at and i was like what and i was a little naive at the time and i bought them and i realized they were just you know handheld quarters and they're shaking yeah. whatnot but what it did is it started me on the bootleg path because mm-hmm. then I saw they had the summit 77 and they had the Ritz 88 and they had Tokyo 87, 88 and they had kiss alive to the lost tapes from Japan. So like mm-hmm. I had wound up hooking up with somebody who I don't think does it anymore. And I'm not going to mention their name, but <laughs> they were a really cool dude from Buffalo, New York. Oh yeah, I know exactly. You know who I'm talking oh, about. Oh yeah, yeah. And he did really good work and he would send the CDs and they were they were not cheap, but it was it was only like $15 or whatever. But I became a bootleg junkie because of the Alive cool. 96 yeah. 96. And then, you know, it went from Kiss then to the Stones and then to oh, Van Halen. Yeah. It started me on that quest of like looking for live stuff because I was so moved. And again, in the eighties, there was some bootlegging going on, but I was unaware of it. I didn't know where to get it. I didn't, yeah. I had no knowledge, Rob. Where do you find a bootleg show? I just saw, I just saw you too. I didn't realize that people were bootlegging back then. It was on vinyl, but that wasn't my thing. I wasn't looking for it. It started an obsession with me. And you know very well, son, how bad that that I got, you know, because I was overseas sending stuff. And, and and this is before, Rob, this is before you could download stuff or, you know, this is you're sending some 
So you're sending some funds overseas yeah. to people. And I got to be honest dangerous. with you. Nobody yeah. ever really stuck me. I mean, they, no. they, I got the discs in the mail and it was physical stuff, you know, download stuff didn't happen until no. 10 years ago or whatever. Yeah. But, but I became so obsessed because of this tour. I was like, I got to get, I got to get video of this. I got to get audio of it. I, I don't know if you remember, I think MTV showed the rock M ring. Yeah. That footage is so beautiful, Rob. I, oh, so they only good. show about seven songs, but I don't know why they don't, if they have the full show, why they don't put it out. And so, so Rob, were you into bootlegs before this or was it? No, uh, right at, I went to Indianapolis kiss expo the year. I think it was 96. I had to have been, yeah, because Eric Singer was there that first year. So while they were on tour. So, yeah, it was because of this. So I'd already seen the Tiger Stadium show and thought, oh, there's a Kiss Expo. I think I saw in Hit Parade or, or, or something like that. I thought, oh, I'll drive to Indianapolis and we'll go to the Expo, meet Eric Singer. And people were doing a lot of talking about, you know, oh, you should still be in the band and blah, blah, you know. But I remember going around the tables and going, hey, there's a video cassette. And I would pull it up and I was like, Tiger Stadium. So here's 40 bucks. Yeah. You know, and I, I go down to the next table. Oh, here's a CD of Tiger Stadium. Here's 30 bucks. Yeah, you know, yeah. I took like $200 to this thing and I was broke in 10 minutes and going, Yeah. Uh, my buddy was like, dude, we're going to go eat. And I was like, yeah. Where's the closest ATM? He's like, We're out of state, man. And I was like, Oh, well, shit. He's yeah. like, here, let me give you 20 bucks. Oh, so geez. by the time we get to McDonald's, I'm buying dollar menu. He's like, where's the rest of that 20? I was like, oh, I, I, bought, I, bought another, <laughs> I bought another tape. But yeah, I went once I started going to Kiss Expos a lot because I would just go in and buy bootlegs. I was more video. Like I wanted the audio stuff, but some of the audio things I would get didn't sound so good. Yeah, yeah. And, and some of them you could go and say, hey, can you play the CD? So he'd pull it out and I'd listen to it. I bought a bootleg of Carnival Souls at that show. So I got to hear it almost a year before it came out. If there was a video there, then you could kind of see it. So I was wanting to see like, oh, I want to see the Australian show with Eric Carr. And I wanted a Vinnie Vincent Creatures of the Night show. So I've got still a lot of my VHS. I'll have to put it up on the Instagram page and show you all these bootlegs of stuff that I got. Rob, when I got Largo 79 with the solo songs, I was like besides myself. I was oh, like, yeah. Yeah. I got that in, in a lot that I bought. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Gotta be but, um, so, yeah. So, like, so one gripe that I do have. Oh, no. One gripe. Oh, no, 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 no. no I have no. When we close out, I'll tell you about my Never whole really. overall experience. One gripe that I have that I don't understand is why they never really released really something professional from the reunion tour. I don't count Tiger Stadium screen feed on Kissology. Yeah. It's a real rough watch, especially on and, a cold gen. It's kind of and it's really uh, you know I know they did Madison Square Garden, Rob, but those are all those screen feeds. Yeah, um, they had filmed a show in Atlanta that I think was broadcast on Japan television, which is really a multi-cam shot show. Right. But the quality, you can't find really good quality anywhere. It's just always upset me why, because, you know, we got the, we got the farewell tour, obviously from New Jersey, which is shot beautifully. Right. right. 
And we do have the Dodger Stadium show from the Psycho Circus, which is again, those that's kiss, that's great. But I'm always wondering, and I, I'll go on these forums sometimes, and I, you know, sometimes people agree with me. Sometimes they're like, "Well, we we got this." There's stuff out there. I just really wish something like that Rockingham Ring or that Atlanta show mm-hmm. would be professionally released because. That was such a magical time that by the time you got to the farewell tour or even even the Dodger Stadium show, it just wasn't as good as that farewell tour. You could tell there's there's problems within the band. Right. I don't even know if they're playing as well as they did on the Alive 96, 97 tour. So I, I don't know why. I and That has always boggled my mind to go, this was one of the biggest tours of the year you're having coming off the heels of the Eagles reuniting. And then, you know, Van Halen goes on the MTV video awards with David Lee Roth, even though that's mm. the Gary Sharon era, a little far down the line, but yeah. you've got kiss doing tiger stadium. That show sells out in 47 minutes. Why was this not a 20 camera show? We were expecting like, Oh, we're going to buy this at Christmas time. Because yeah. we were saying when this comes out, everybody on the bus on the ride home was going, oh, you know they're going to release this. And there's been like, so when they put the Kissology box set out and saw that Tiger Stadium was on it, I was like, finally, they're releasing it. And I'm watching it going, it's just the feed. It's the screen it's feed, the man. Feed. That's all. It's so is Madison Square Garden. Right. I don't, I don't I, know. I can't believe Gene and Paul didn't, didn't capture this in its in its purest form and go, here's this lovely package. Even if they went in and did some, some overdubbing and whatever, right. I, I can't wrap my head around as we were talking in previous shows about the moguls. They are figuring out what's the hot in the shade cover actually mean, you know, yeah. and all that stuff that they just don't record anything. They don't have something in a vault. Why didn't you cash on it in 97 and have that out there? And you know what, if the reasoning was, you know, we don't give them that because then they won't come to the shows. I get it. I get it. But why isn't there something in the vault, which, like I said, you know, MTV shot that thing in England. We know that Atlanta exists in beautifully shot with like many cameras. Oh, yeah. I have it somewhere, but I don't. It's not good quality. It's, It's like third, fourth generation. Nobody's got it in good quality. And I wonder one day if they will put that stuff out because that this tour is too legendary just to have a screen feed from Madison Square Garden and, of course, Detroit. It just it boggles my mind. And, you know, like if you I've heard interviews with them where they say they have everything and I don't know sometimes if they have what they think they have or what they say they have. Right. You know, I mean, even Psycho Circus, you had that Buenos Aires show that's pro shot. Yeah. That aired. So I don't know. Again, I don't know if they have that or if the television station that aired it has it. But this reunion tour severely lacks. You think it's because they don't want to have to pay a square? No, I think they're already signed off on that. I think yeah. they either they either don't have anything or they're still saving a gem for when it's over. And they're going to put out another Kissology box set and say, guess what? Here's here's England or here's Atlanta or here's one that... Because I ask in these circles and not a lot of people 
will tell you much behind besides Atlanta that was really professionally shot. You know what I think it could four nights in Madison Square Garden. I don't understand yeah. four nights, and you don't think in night three, hey, somebody rolling a tape back there? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, what I, a- I wonder if they were just so preoccupied with everything else that sounds dumb saying this, like that they just forgot. Like, oh, we'll we'll just record. We'll use the footage from whatever, and yeah, then they I looked at right. the sc- the screen footage and were like, oh, like I just. A monumental thing in history, like they keep saying all the time, that I just repeat myself, but it just blows my mind that that they didn't have the foresight that we're now at the end of the road and now they're going to release something. Like you could have been cashing on this cow for for a while, from ninety six till two thousand one. They could have been putting out reunion stuff. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And again, you know, look with this off the soundboard series and stuff. Who knows what they have and. And I'm certainly going to enjoy what's in front of us, but I look at this time and I don't have any, I don't have anything bad to say about it at all. It was, it was my rock and roll concert odyssey. I look back at it fondly. I had no bad experiences at any of the concerts. I thoroughly enjoyed all of them. Whatever Mm. songs I got was a pleasure. I was, I never went into any of those shows wishing or, or mad because I didn't get a song. No. Um, and I never felt like I got a poor performance. I mean, I might have been so caught up in the moment, but I felt like they were all really special. And that's really all I could say about it. I mean, it's it's 25 years went by like nothing. <laughs> and it's just a testament to it, it was my second coming, I guess. If that's how I look at it for me. It was like a second awakening to the band. And that's why we're sitting here tonight, you know? Yeah. And I, I'm just going to echo your your sediments too, like having, I got two versions of kiss right out of the gate. I have an unmasked version of kiss Uh, and then taking on this trajectory of rediscovering the original version of the band live as it was happening. It wasn't in 77. It's in 1996. And, you know, here we still are. So I was the same way. Like we were talking on the way to show like, Oh, I wonder if they're going to change it up in Fort Wayne tonight, you know, whatever. But once that curtain dropped, they could have played anything and I would not have cared. They could have said, we're playing every song from Hotter Than Hell tonight. We're not doing anything else. I'd have been like, awesome. Great. Because it was the original four. And yeah, I have nothing to complain about other than I want to be able to revisit it in some nice, pristine format. But I'm glad I was there just to see it happen. Uh, Dude, you were there opening night. That's special. That's that's the other takeaway from that was tragically that year in 96 Lane Staley yeah, that's awful, sure. would pass away. So I got to see the last, the last performance of the original Alice in Chains, which ironically I made a joke about stone temple pilots Yeah, I was, was gonna... originally supposed to open and Wyland had drug issues, so he couldn't play. So STP backed out. They put in sponge in the first opening act and their song wax ecstatic was huge in 96 so there'll be a little portion of that that'll get squeezed in here somewhere. Love that track. If you haven't heard Wax Ecstatic, check it out. Awesome song. But then getting to see Alice in Chains, I was like, unbelievable. I'm getting to see three solid bands. And then my buddy goes, we're going to see Kiss in 15 minutes in makeup. When he says like in makeup, it just blew my mind. Like I could not wrap my head around Paul and Gene, Ace and Peter in makeup. Oh, you know, I'm trying to think for you who you've seen, because again, 
the magic of that time was you were seeing the band really, I understand they were, many could argue they were never bigger than they were in that 75, 77 run, but boy, they came awful close on this reunion tour and the Psycho Circus tour. I mean, they really had a run there and to be able to be with the band and see them when they're so popular like that, it's really, it's really like a championship winning feeling. And Um, to be in a place where people were coming out of the woodwork and go, you're a kiss fan. Like a lot of people were like, Oh, I like kiss. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could, who would you say you've seen like that? You've seen like, you've seen you two and Bon Jovi. I've seen everyone. You've seen everyone kind of at their, at their pinnacle again, even though they might've gone down for a little bit, but then they came back and it's. Yeah. No, I don't think I've seen anyone lackluster in my life. Right. So. Man, no. The only complaint I have about the reunion tour talk is that I wasn't there. Yeah. So it's tough. That's all it's, I it's hard. Yeah. At, yeah. At the end of your but it was, but it was so cool to hear you both kind of talk through it, especially that show you guys were at together. I, I think that's freaking outstanding. So that's what's fun yeah. to kind of sit back and interview you guys as like a fan and like a fan of you guys because you guys got to do this thing. It's like I'm. Uh, it's like we're around the fire and you guys are telling stories and I'm like, <laughs> again. Awesome. Back in my day, before the internet. Back in my day, b- before those posers, Thayer and Singer, I saw the four <laughs> class members. Uh, and you know, I don't have any wacky stories. Like all the I saw eight shows, like nothing, nothing like bad happened. Happen. Like nobody lasered Paul in the eye where he was like, "I'm gonna come down there and kick oh, you in I the ride. ass." Yeah, you know, lazy. like yeah, like, uh, like I just there was nothing like that. I I think it. I think at one of the shows, like Ace might have fell, I think at the third show I saw at the Rosemont Horizon, but it wasn't anything bad. He just kind of stumbled and got up. And I'm trying to remember, did Gene not go up in Indianapolis into the flying rig? Did it not work that night? I think you might be right. I think that might be the only flub that I saw. I think you might be right, Rob. But other than that, like I said, my the only thing I wish is that I would have maybe interacted with the fans a little bit more. I was still like in that, see the concert, go back to the hotel or kind of get out of there. Yeah. That's big traffic. (laughs) Yeah. Now looking at that, like that, I don't know why I didn't hang out in the lobby a little bit more or go to the bar where the kiss people were, were painted off. Like we did when we went to Milwaukee, we had a nice time uh, when we went to the end of the road. So, you know, that was fun. Yeah. I'm sleeping at the venue and we go around. I'm sleeping on the lawn. (laughs) Nico, wake up. Ah, I ain't leaving. I'm freaking leaving. <laughs> I ain't leaving. Like, uh, like the Wolf of Wall Street. I ain't leaving. <laughs> you know what? I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> Oh, this is a good trip to go down memory lane. 25th anniversary of the reunion tour, Tiger Stadium, Fort Wayne, the seven other shows that Nick saw, which just blows my mind. I'm getting giddy that I'm going to get to see two on end of the road. And you saw eight, the reunion. Wow. That's that's awesome. Yeah, it was like I said, it it was a magical time, you know, but we got magic coming up. The great thing is that. It's yeah. still in front of us, and we're going to have an opportunity to uh, really enjoy this band going forward. So, would you have technically qualified as a groupie? 
Oh, I don't think so. Um, I mean, take the obvious like sexual stuff out of it. uh, Or would you have been considered a deadhead? Or a dead? Ooh, Uh, a a kiss, a kiss head, or a you know, a a creature of the night. I think I, I think I would have if I did the hanging out thing a little bit more and stuff like that. But I. I was, shows, man. I, I was really like all about the business about going to the show and then, and then kind of getting out of there. I don't, again, that was a silly. I was a young man at that time and I, I didn't have appreciation for everything that was going on around it. Let me ask a, a, a parting thought here. I'm a merchandise whore. I, 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 I am, I am wearing a, a shirt that I bought for, for my wife. And like, I'll go to the show. I'm buying the tour book. If there's a hat, I'm buying a hat. Mm-hmm. I used to stray away from the shirts that were like Toledo, you know, that had the name on. I'm like, ah, I don't want that. I want the, I, I want the band photo shirt. You know, I I'm kicking myself for not buying the tiger stadium specific shirt. Mm-hmm. I bought the worldwide kiss shirt, but had the whole bank. Cause I thought that was cool. I didn't want the destroyer cover that had tiger stadium on. I'm like, Oh, that's the, that's the destroyer cover with tiger stadium behind it. And now 25 years later, I'm going, why didn't I get the Tiger Stadium show that says I was there? So the long question is, do you spend money at the merch table? Or are you like, nah, I'm just here for the show, beer and done? You know what? I have like three tour books that are wrapped up in Myler magazine protective coverings that are <laughs> that are in my little back room there. I brought several T-shirts, but I didn't take care of them. If I wore them, they shrunk and I didn't keep them. I like to be a merchandise guy, but it, it it's not as important to me. Uh, it wasn't until me. Or it wasn't until Nick started going to the shows, and he rep- he represents the t-shirts. He's got them all. I I do I I did restrain because I'm like my dad. I'm merch whore too, man. And then mm. like you you don't really wear. There's only a few shows I've ever been to where like you wear the shirt. The shirt is so cool, the design, and it's like kind of wearable like out yeah. too because the thing that always gets you is it's cool in the moment but then like when you're out you're like do i want to wear a shirt with dates on the back you know yeah. what i mean yeah. but i will say i did restrain myself at end of the road but I we did. didn't really we didn't really like a lot of the designs i did end of the road was the first one i didn't do the one i got at freedom to rock is sick that's a great shirt that's a wearable even though there's dates on the back just the design of them on the front it like it's like a, it's like they're performing and mm. it takes up like the entire shirt, like sleeves too. It's actually pretty, that's pretty dope, but I restrained it under the road. Um, we'll see if they have anything else I might like at these shows because the fact that we're going to see it with Rob and I want to get something there just to be like, yo, we saw this with Rob Myers. Here's like the way, here's like a thing. Uh, yeah. And Chicago and Milwaukee maybe won't. I, well, you know what? I think this time I'm going to get a shirt from each venue because that's something I haven't done. And if this is really the end, I think, gonna, I think I'm. I think I'm going to want to get a shirt, especially if they have the specific city shirts. Yeah, that's what I mean. And yeah. I'm like, all right. If I see, you know, Toledo. If I see Clarkston, right. Michigan. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That right. would be cool. I'm not looking for the shirt with the four of them on it. Like, yeah, I'm tired. And, and that's, sure. that's nothing <laughs> against Eric or Tommy or anything, but. And then I don't really like the end of the tour merchandise. It has like the four original members on there because yeah, that was weird. They're not there. Yeah. So it's like, that one? why are you yeah. slapping them on there? You know, right. so that was the interesting thing. I, uh, 
What's funny though, is I'm curious, well, not what we won't just based where we're at for each show, you know, just Rob, I forget if we talked about this. I do have two and they're legitimate ones. I do. I have two guitar picks that fell my way. Nice. Both from Paul, both from Paul, which are awesome. Um, so that's pretty cool. Maybe we'll get those again. I don't know. (laughs) know. uh, Good question. I was going to ask that because I felt like I was curious if you were back then. Cause I felt like, no, I wasn't. I was not a big, yeah. I was not a big merchandise guy. Tour books. Yeah. I remember, I remember specifically like the Chicago shows. I just got one Mm -hmm. and I think I got one out of town, but they were, they, the the tour book was the same. And then they came out with another one, but, yeah, and then I had one, and I spilled beer all over it, and it was ruined, and it was like, okay, you know, like you stepped on it. And... I wonder if I still have the Sonic Boom one. I think we got them all because yeah. that shirt, like, it was like, oh, I'm, I wasn't gonna wear it at the time, but now that like those types of shirts are in, with yeah. like the yeah. big yeah. logos on the front, like like the vintage looking shirts, I might rep that Sonic Boom. Yeah, one. you know when the. Uh... When our show got canceled because of COVID, I told my wife, like, I went right to the website. I'm like, I'm buying a tour book and I'm yeah. buying a shirt because oh, she's good. like, why are you going to buy a shirt for a show you didn't see? I'm like, because I'm buying a shirt for a show I didn't see. So mm-hmm. I have an end of the road, long sleeve tee, and I've got the got the tour book. So this time going in, like, I know Gene's going to sucker me like, Rob, we updated the tour book. Of course. Of course they're going to. You know, there's going to be all new merchandise. Yeah. I guarantee you there's going to be everything. I'll tell you what merch wasn't bad is the off the soundboard shirts kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. That logo. I I know that. Yeah. I I have the original 2001, a band photo shirt and, you know, a little bit bigger now. So the large doesn't fit anymore. And I saw it on the end of the road or the soundboard. I'm like, there's that shirt I bought in 2001 that doesn't fit. I could just replace it. Well, Rob, I just want to tell you, man, happy 25th anniversary. Yeah. yeah. Even though we didn't know each other, I, I feel like that our spirits probably touched, talked to, <laughs> talked to each other <laughs> back in 25 years from now. We will meet. It was exact, exactly. It's you like, will record a podcast. It's like, uh, it's like Endgame. It was like in a timeline or a, uh, a prediction that, of a course, came Yeah. Loki popped in. And yeah, it's like, it's like not yeah. only did he mess up the MCU. But Caruso and Myers, you put the two of them together and you're not right. going to have a meet for 25 years. That's and Loki's right. like, that's what I do. That's right. Yeah, that's what I do. So we could say we know each other for 25 years, Rob. That's the story I'm going to go with. So I love it. Yeah. Love well, it. speaking of Loki, if somebody wanted to know more about Loki, where could you guys point them to go? If you were like, hey, uh, we know oh, a show. That's great. You good could go segue. to the Vigilante 1939 <laughs> podcast. That's where me and my son and our good friend Nick Zednick mainly talk about the dc universe uh the the shows the movies we talk about marvel star wars all kind of superhero fun pop culture stuff that's how we met rob that's how we met mr rob and yet everyone can follow me and and caruso jr just for my crazy takes about music sports and of course comic book stuff 
Yeah, uh, to echo what my dad said, do everything he just said. It's a legal obligation you have for listening to the show. And here's your right, second right. one, and your third one comes with Rob. But your second legal obligation is, yeah, you can follow me at Nico Caruso. That's at N-I-K-K-O-C-A-R-U-S-O on Instagram, Twitter, Letterbox. I also do film, TV, and comic book reviews over at www.letsgopodcast.com. On Twitter, it's at Let's Go Podcast. I do some shows there. There's a lot of great stuff in that genre that my dad talked about, but some other fun on pop culture stuff too like music and beer as well you'll you could find the first show we ever did there which was even before this podcast it planted the inception for this podcast um but your third legal obligation starts right now with mr rob myers our camp man you can follow me at drummer rob 10 at on twitter and my show about tim drake the third and greatest robin we do a show covering all of the 90s and 2000 era comic books for that feature Robin. And that's at ELTD podcast at Twitter. And, uh, and of course, follow this show at RBTE podcast on Twitter. We've got more. Let us know in the comments for this episode. If you attended any of the reunion yes. shows, what shows is there another connection? Were you also in Fort yeah. Wayne? With us, Indianapolis with us at that show. That'd be interesting to go. Wow. There's more people in this his family that we didn't know that we met we're all celebrating 25 year anniversaries send us a like and a review and we'll read them on the air and let us know if you celebrated your anniversary with nick and i because we can have a whole thing and then nico will then give us another anniversary cake in another 25 years so on the behalf of the carusos i'm rob and you've been listening to right between the eyes a kiss podcast celebrating our 25th anniversary Take care, guys. Bye. You've been listening to Right Between the Eyes, a KISS podcast. All music and sound clips belong to their respected copyright holders. No infringement is intended in any way by this show. It's used to enhance your listening pleasure and to make the show come more alive. So if Gene could not send his lawyers, that would be amazing. You can get a hold of us a few different ways. We are on Twitter at RBTE Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash right between the eyes podcast. We are also on Instagram and very soon YouTube as well. You can also email into the show and we will read all emails and this will allow you to participate in the discussion. You can do so at right between the eyes at gmail.com. Get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode and hear why Kiss is still the hottest band in the world and why they still hit us right between the eyes. See you in a few weeks, Kiss family. Kiss family.